On today's episode of the Blue Bloods, the New Year's Day games are finally over, and man, I don't think we could have asked for a better slate. On this episode, we're going to preview the rest of the bowl games leading up to the national championship, and we're going to give you guys a few more picks from our first team all-decade team. This show is huge, so let's go ahead and kick it off. today's episode out uh we're gonna go ahead and kick off our pick six and with our first game we have the ticket smarter am i saying that right ticket smarter birmingham bowl uh this game is between boston college and uh cincinnati cincinnati comes in this one's a seven and a half point favorite yeah uh you know i i really don't think there's been a group of five team that's been on this podcast more than cincinnati or that we've been high on as much as we are on cincinnati but um you know, I'm going to take Cincinnati and the spread. I, I just, I don't see how Boston College beat Cincinnati because Boston College has had some rough games, man. I mean, when when you lose, you know, to Florida State, it's been a bad year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Boston College just hasn't been the team that they were even a couple of years ago. Uh, they're six and six. They're barely they're barely bowl eligible. Uh, Cincinnati comes in this one as a ten and three team. And that kind of, I mean, and I know you and I were talking about it before we started recording today, but I, I hate these bowl tie-ins. I think we need to get rid of them, or at least some of them, because there's no reason that a 10-3 and three team should be playing a 6-6 six and six team in the postseason. That's, that's, that's a fact. I mean, literally we just got done watching, I, I believe, what, Utah was 10-2 and two play a 7-5 Texas team. Right. Well, I mean, that's different, but. Yeah, that's, that's a little different, and, you know, we saw how that turned out. So maybe, you know, Boston College comes in and, you know, makes us look like absolute idiots. But I think Cincinnati deserves a little bit that, better. <laughs> yeah, also, that's a, <laughs> yeah, very, very true. But, you know, I just – I think Cincinnati, based on the season they had, deserved better than a trip to Birmingham. Look, there's – this is almost like a punishment because – you know, it's first of all, it's Birmingham. Second of all, they have to go to Legion Field, so they're in danger while they're there, for sure. Like, good luck. Hope you make it out. Um, anyway, their sponsor is Ticket Smarter, and I buy a lot of tickets. Never once heard of Ticket Smarter. Yeah, maybe, I have. I haven't either. Maybe that's why they they feel the need to sponsor a bowl game, but I don't know. I mean, shout out to the Birmingham Bowl. Um, that, that that the reasons for that shout out are unspecified, but shout out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I feel like Ticket Smarter. You know, there's been rumors of StubHub, you know, screwing people out of tickets, selling tickets that they don't have yet. I feel like Ticket Smarter is probably going to be way worse. I mean, they're they they're to probably going to every single ticket on there is a is a fraud, fraudulent. It's it's a phony. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who's trying to buy tickets to the Birmingham Bowl. I mean, you can get tickets for probably five dollars. 
Um, especially for a Thursday at two o'clock when people still have to go to work, it's predicted to rain only be 55 degrees. I don't think anyone is going to want to come to this game, but so I'm actually on ticket smarters website right now. And I feel like I'm going to get my credit card information stolen. So I'm going to X out, but, uh, it was kind of sketch. (laughs) That was, that was, that was tough. Yeah. Very, very tough guys. But you know, I think, uh, it's, it's going to be hard. I love talking about Desmond Ritter. I think we've talked about Desmond Ritter being the X factor in every single game we've covered for Cincinnati, but I'm going to switch it up. This is going to come down to which running back has the best game. You know, you have A.J. Dillon from Boston College, and then you have Michael Warren the second for uh, Cincinnati, both of them over 1,000 yards, both of them with 14 touchdowns. Which team is going to be able to establish the running game is going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, I don't know. A.J. Dillon is a monster out of the backfield. Uh, you know, he doesn't get talked about a whole lot. He goes to Boston College. So that tends to happen. The last guy that I can remember who came out of Boston College who was talked about a whole lot was Luke Kuechly. So, uh, I mean, A.J. Dillon's a stud. Um, but so is Michael Warren second. I mean, they both have the same amount of touchdowns. A.J. Dillon does have 500 more yards than uh, Warren. But, yeah, this game's going to come down to – uh, the run game. And that's just because neither, I mean, I mean, if you look at Boston college's quarterback, I mean, he's passed for 1200 yards in the season. I mean, that, yeah. you have to keep it on the ground to be able to win that game. Right. I mean, only nine touchdowns too. I mean, he only has 137 attempts compared to Ritter's 301. And that's with Ritter missing a game. Um, yeah, with Ritter missing a game. That's with Ritter. I mean, if you watch him play, you know, he's capable of taking off at any time too. But that's not even the least. I mean, this Boston College team is still putting up 451 yards per game. It's the defense that's costing them games this year. I mean, almost 500 yards per game allowed. Almost yeah. 300 yards through the air allowed. And I, I think that is – this. I don't see a way Boston College keeps Cincinnati under 50 in this game. No, I mean, it, it's definitely – I think it's going to be a, a more high-scoring game uh, than a lot of people are prepared for. But I'm going to uh, go ahead and take Cincinnati in this game. I mean, who didn't see that coming? I love Cincinnati. I love I love uh, Luke Fickle, Desmond Ritter. I love everything about them. So I got the Bearcats in this one, and I think they cover that seven and a half point spread. Facts. And um, also, guys, we don't have Gambling Corner again. That's save for the regular season. Over under is only fifty five. That is going to be smashed. Yeah, we're hey, we're not usually so, wrong about the over under. We're wrong about our picks sometimes, but I think we're I think we're doing pretty well on the over unders. Yeah, over under is great. Cincinnati will will hit that. I think I think Cincinnati wins big. I don't think this game's close. Uh, it's just, it's going to be a slaughter fest in Legion Field, and I mean I just don't see how Boston College has anything for this Bearcat team. No, I don't either. So let's go ahead and continue on to our next game. Uh, we have the Tax Slater Gator Bowl. Uh, this is a game between Indiana and Tennessee. Tennessee is actually a two and a half point favorite in this one, and that to me is nuts. I mean, I know they're playing Indiana, <laughs> but Indiana's looked pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been very bad. I mean, they have lost two out of their last three, and their last game of the year, they had they had to have two overtimes to beat Purdue, which has been beat up and just not great this year. Yeah, and when um, you say they lost two out of their last three, I mean, those two games were to Michigan and Penn State. 
but still, dude, I mean, I, I can't get behind it. And then you have Tennessee winning, what, six out of their last seven with their only loss coming to Alabama on the road? Right. I mean, but are they that, playing they're, Vanderbilt and Missouri and UAB? I mean, okay, so – and, I mean – uh, they beat Kentucky on the road. Kentucky, what, won their bowl game the other day? Uh, yeah, right. they won that one pretty convincingly. Yeah, I would was, I was say so. I mean, they beat South Carolina by 20. I mean, they're not, like, winning these games. I mean, they beat Vandy by 18 to become, you know, to be 75. I mean, that regardless of who they're playing, I know Vandy, Missouri, not super impressive, especially because – well, but, you know, you have to look at Kelly Bryant was out half the year from Missouri, and then he came back for this Tennessee game, and Tennessee still pulled that out on the road. And for a team that lost to Georgia State to open the season and BYU, both at home, to be 7-5 and and to be in a bowl game was unthinkable. Yeah, that's that's true enough. Um, I don't know. This game, there's something about it. The Gator Bowl, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, just the name in and of itself is beautiful. Um, I don't know. The San Diego team has really intrigued me this year, the way they've played in the Big Ten. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't give you a real reason that I'm, gonna, that I'm going to pick them right now, but I'm going to pick them right now. I've got Indiana in this game. Uh, obviously, I've got them outright. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I've trashed Tennessee all year long. I'm not going to back up my, I'm not going to back out of my word now. Um, Tennessee <laughs> frauds, write it down. They're, I mean, they're going to die. They might die. Uh, you see, uh, you know, uh, something to watch. So before I get my pick is that jo- I believe it's Jawan Jennings is out for the first half. Um, if you guys don't remember, I think i mentioned it on one of our previous episodes about, uh, where he raked his cleat ac- across that Vandy player's face. Oh yeah. Up his face, I mean, oh, God, it was nasty. So he's out for the first half. He was suspended for the first half. So where is Jaren uh, – I don't even know how to say it. Guarantano, I don't know how to pronounce it. But It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does not matter. But is he going to find himself a target and be able to move this ball? I think he is. I think Tennessee is ecstatic to be here, ecstatic to be in the Gator Bowl, as sad as that sounds. But Tennessee's going to come out here, win a close one. I have Tennessee by three, just covering the two-and-a-half-point spread. And, I mean, yeah, we trash Tennessee a lot. But if they if they end up eight and five with a bowl win after the beginning, to the, after the start to the season they had, I think Jeremy Pruitt deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, we, we, we talked about how this man should be fired. He ended up, you know, winning, what did you say, five out of – or yeah, five out of his last six games – Yep. Um, I, I mean, he really turned the season around. So, uh, I mean, I, I, nothing, nothing else to say about this team other than hats off. Uh, you're still frauds, but hats off. So, congrats. You did something right. Anyway, let's go ahead and continue on to our next bowl game. We have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <sighs> Talk about a bowl game name. That, that is some. The rest of the names on today's podcast are just incredible. So, um, we should have rated these. This would be my number one, I think. But we have Ohio versus Nevada. We have the MAC versus the Mountain West. I mean, this game's going to be awful, I think. Uh, Nevada's, <laughs> Nevada's an eight-point underdog in this one. 
Yeah, and if you guys don't remember, Nevada was in a brawl in their last game. Um, oh yeah, how can we? That they they have three defensive players suspended for the game, and another uh, missing the first half. Uh, and looking at this, man, I mean, they're getting outscored their averages by eleven points. Ugh, tough. That's like only really bad. <laughs> only averaging twenty one points a game, giving up thirty two. This is a terrible look. Neither team has a defense, but at least Ohio can score. I mean, they're putting up almost 35 points a game, and that's why I'm picking them. I I think Nevada missing four defensive players is just going to be horrible for them. Uh, And I think Ohio has the offense to make a statement. I mean, their last two games, Ohio's put up 66 and 52 points both on the road. I, there's no way Nevada holds them under 40. I think Ohio runs away with this one, and Nevada just – what do they do after this? I don't know. I don't – I they mean – go back to Nevada, so rip. That, that sounds – Yeah. There's only one good thing in Nevada, and that's that's Las Vegas. That's the that's the casinos specifically. That, we're not, we're not that, talking about the other <laughs> promiscuous activity that goes on. I mean, and in case you guys want a reason to watch, you know, you might get to catch up with your favorite last uh, chance you player, Malik. Uh, he is the backup quarterback for Nevada. So, um, if That's you like wild, watching, yeah, yeah, if you like watching his shenanigans on Netflix, you know, tu- tune in at two thirty on a Friday to catch uh, your boy Malik probably get beat by Ohio. I mean, he he went big places. I need more night games out of these bowl games. By the way. That's we need to talk about this. Right? Why is there Dude. only today's we're recording on New Year's Day on January first, and you're telling me there's only one night game? We're only watching the Sugar Bowl at seven. I understand that ESPN basically has a monopoly over these uh, over these bowl games now, but come on, put one on ESPN too. Do something. Right or. So why did Auburn and Alabama play at the same time? The Rose Bowl has its own slot. I'm completely fine with it. It deserves it. But the Sugar Bowl is not super prestigious. Like, you could have stuck the Outback Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, like, later that night. Or, you know what? Why don't we go back and move the Sugar Bowl to the night of the third, the night of the game we're previewing now? That way we don't have to all have to be there at 2.30 on a Friday when we're all working trying to watch the Idaho Potato Bowl. Listen to me when I say forward. this. This is this is as transparent as it gets. Zach just said that we no one wants to watch the Sugar Bowl this year. We're recording this game. It's the middle of the third quarter in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> it's not a good game. Georgia was winning 19-0 at half. It's 19-7 right now. Um, it, it, get better. Do better, ESPN. I understand the Sugar Bowl is usually a good game, but this year, I mean, and we'll talk about it in our in our recap episode i'm not going to go ahead and i'm not going to spoil too much of it but the outback bowl was the best game well that's tough to say outback bowl or the rose bowl incredible games yeah both incredible games i'm going to throw up talking about the outback bowl but we'll get there eventually guys yeah um but i I have ohio by a landslide i hope they get to eat all the potatoes they want you know does the (laughs) winner get potatoes I think uh, do you just you know how is the it like is it, is it like the orange bowl? yeah that's what I was about to say it's like this get bags of like five guys potatoes bet I mean that's kind of cool you know um, I'm also going to take Ohio in this one uh, something about the Mac I've I've fallen in love with the Mac in the past year and I can't get enough of it 
But since I have felt, fallen in love with the Mac, I know that's always unpredictable. I know they can never win by a landslide. So I'm going to take Nevada to cover this spread. Uh, it's it's you know it's Nevada plus eight. This might be a touchdown game. I don't know. I, there is no way that anyone could possibly predict this game. So these are all shots in the dark by us. Yeah, I mean that's true. I, I don't. I'm, I don't think I've watched a Nevada game all year, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> uh, I've watched a little bit of Ohio. I watched one Ohio, like half of an Ohio game, just because like that's all I could find at it that was point. All like a Tuesday night, and you're like exactly, also exactly, and uh, you know George I saw the brawl. It's tough. Oh, this is tough, guys. 26-7, third quarter, seven minutes left. Get what rid of doing? bowl tie-ins. Get rid of them. Yep, we've been trying to tell you guys, you know, it's, right. it's, it's a bad day, but we're going to move on. <laughs> it's to move on. Yeah, Zach, Zach's giving me the cue. Um, next up, we have the Lockheed and Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Didn't know they had a sponsor. I thought it was just the Armed Forces Bowl, so we'll stick with that. What is Lockheed and Martin? Isn't like a bank or something? Like, Sounds like a hedge fund. That sounds rich, right? Is it another pirate? Because that would be dope. I don't think it is, but I wish it was. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, no. It's an aerospace and defense company. In Mississippi. What? This game's in Texas. I don't know. Well, it was actually started in Maryland, Uh, so that's good. Uh, Well, that's just the one that's close to me because I live here. So, anyway, (laughs) um, we've got Southern Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> playing Tulane in this one. Tulane's a seven-point favorite. Shocker. Um, I don't know. This I, I know a lot about Southern Miss. Uh, I know a lot of these five teams. I'll sit here and be like, I don't know a lot about these teams. I know a lot about Southern Miss. Um, my fiance graduated from there, so uh, somehow I have ties to them. Uh, and and their quarterback is going to be the guy to watch out for the game. Jack Abraham. I mean, over the first half of the season, he was in, like, top five uh, passers in the country. I mean, he has 3,400 yards on the year, 18 touchdowns. Uh, but what kills him is his turnover ratio. I mean, he has 18 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. That's almost as bad as Jameis Winston, and we hate to go there. Yeah, we want to avoid Jameis Winston at all costs. Um, Bruce, by the way, did you see the Bruce Arians? Uh, <laughs> the, yeah press conference if we if we can win with him we can win with anybody yeah it's tough <laughs> that's crazy that's not what you want to hear when you're yeah. asking for 50 million dollars well, a year when you're, when you're Jameis winston that's the last thing you want to hear um is that we he just wants a he, he just wants a whole lot of crab legs bro just let him live he doesn't let him even live. need to pay okay. for those apparently can, can, can i please rant about this though this okay. game is on saturday january 4th right Right. Why in the hell does this thing kick off at ten thirty in the morning? Oh, it's so early. You because know, okay. I don't know that we had a lot of these this year, but I know every year because we live in the Central Time Zone, we'll get like an Ole Miss game that starts at ten a.m. for some reason, like before college game day is over. And I can't stand it. I don't know that we had that this year, but I know we've had it in the past, and I hate it. I don't I don't understand, bro. Like to start at eleven. Come on. Yeah, it'd be better. Like I know that I know the NFL playoffs start, but like an eleven o'clock game will end before three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. and like and is Southern Miss Tulane really pulling in the viewers. I mean it's pulling in me. 
Yeah, that's because you went there for a year. Yeah. But, sure. I mean, it's all good, guys. But I was real high on Tulane this year. I think we both were early in the season. and Yeah. They, I mean, I they felt was, I mean, the quarterback. He went to LSU pretty good. Exactly. I mean, lost five of their last six. But to be fair, their losses were to Memphis, Navy, Temple, SMU, all on the road, and then a loss to UCF. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty stout, man. I mean, it is six that, and six. If you would ask me after like week two, because I think they were what were they two and zero to start the season? It was something crazy. Like yeah, that. and then they played Auburn, lost, but then they won like two or three more games. So they were like five or yeah, like they, I think and six played, and one. And they played Auburn close. Like they played a yeah. really good game against Auburn. Uh, so if you would ask me after like the first two or three games of the season if what their record was going to be, I would have probably given you like a nine and like a like a nine and three, um, six and six is where they ended up at. So that that kind of sucks for them. Uh, I still think they're the better team here. Um, I'm not going to pick Tulane because that would just I don't know what would happen if I did. The world would probably explode. So you're welcome in advance. Uh, but I've got Southern missing this one. Uh, I've got them outright. I have Tulane boss. I have Tulane by seven. I'm doing another push game. Pushes um, have never hit, I, by the way. That's we we're not good at that. You know what? You you, you know what? I, I don't want to hear it, Brandon. I'm going with my gut. I think <laughs> I think McMillan has a big game. I th- I think he he hears people like us. Maybe not us, but he hears people like us. Like us okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about you know he hasn't had a great year. He hasn't led this team because. He had he's their leading rusher with twelve rushing touchdowns to seven hundred yards, but ten interceptions, man, just kills the kills the momentum for this team. He he goes off. I think he's gonna have a big game. And so I'm going with I'm riding with Tulane, pushing at seven. So please wake I guess try to wake up at ten thirty in the morning to watch this. I'll probably wake up at a nice crisp ten twenty eight so I can catch the beginning of this game. But we will see. Yeah, and Good thing Tulane is playing at Southern Miss in this game um, because their rush defense, talk about non-existent. They're allowing 170 yards a game on the ground. Good thing for them, Southern Miss has a running back who only has 548 uh, yards on the season. So they don't like – so Southern Miss is an air raid team. Uh, that's their offense. So, I mean, this guy only has 102 carries for 548 yards, so he's averaging over five yards a carry. You'd think they'd run him more, but – Apparently they just can't figure that out. No. Well, I mean, when you got targets like uh, Quez Watkins, man, I mean, it's tough. Uh, dude's a stud. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Anyway, so um, I've got Southern Miss. Uh, Zach has Tulane. Let's go ahead and move on to our final bowl game of this episode. Uh, I know I said pick six, but we only had five games left for the national championship, and that'll be like a week of episodes all to itself. So. We have the Lending Tree Bowl, formerly the GoDaddy.com Bowl, formerly the Dollar General Bowl, formerly the GMAC Bowl, formerly the Mobile Alabama Bowl, and we have Louisiana Lafayette, <laughs> Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio is a 14-point dog in this one, and that should not be allowed. And here we go again on this rant. In the tie-ins, because there's no reason that a 10-3 and three uh, Louisiana Lafayette team should be playing an eight and five Miami of Ohio when Louisiana Lafayette's going to be a fourteen point favorite. Yeah, I mean, well, when when you have a, such a quarterback difference between Brett Gabbert and Levi Lewis, 
There's nothing you could do, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's... Lewis Lewis has almost 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and only four interceptions, while Gabbert has 2,000 yards, 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Yeah, we, we got another Jameis. quick, though, because yeah, that's Wayne Gabbert's brother, um, not great. And, man, Louisiana uh, Lafayette uh, – Played a really has had a really good year. They've lost three games. One was to Mississippi State, which they only lost by ten, and then they lost by ten to Appalachian State. Played Appalachian State again and only lost by seven. Dude, that's, I, pretty those, good losses. Those App State losses are the most impressive because, I mean, you put App State against Mississippi State. I mean, I've got App State every single time. Um, oh yeah, especially you know after you know their starting quarterback gets his nose broken. He can't play. No joke. Um, so anyway, we so App State. Uh, what can I say? Uh, not. I'm not even talking about App State anymore. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette. If no one watched that Sun Belt uh, championship game, I, I, I'm sorry because that was a great game. Um, anyway, all this to say that I I do believe in this uh, Louisiana Lafayette team, and it's not just because their name's the Raging Cajuns. Uh, the reason is mostly because they they are putting up over 500 yards of total offense every single game. Yeah, That's and their crazy. defense and their defense is better than Miami of Ohio's. I mean, they have it all on this team, dude, and they're averaging over 230 yards both through the air and on the ground. I mean, they're they they have everything going. They're well balanced. They have a quarterback that doesn't turn it over. They have a over a thousand yard rusher with 15 touchdowns on the ground. I think this game gets out of hand, and I hate that 14 is a big spread. They cover, and they cover easily. I also think they cover. Uh, I like to differ. I like to differ from you when you when you uh, choose your spread. I like to fade your picks. I can't fade this one. Louisiana Lafayette's the much better team in this matchup. Uh, go Raging Cajuns. I'll be at this game. I live here, so this will this will be a fun one. I'm gonna like. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll give you guys live coverage from that. Dude, and what's a better name than the Raging Cajuns? I mean, There's come on. One. That doesn't There's get it. One. You know what the only thing better would be is if Ed Orgeron coached the Raging Cajuns. Dude, I'm telling you. That would be insane, right? Right? So, I, I'll say LSU should just monopolize that. The LSU Raging Cajuns. Unbeatable. Yeah. Just change their name right now. Um, anyway, so that's going to wrap up our pick six for this episode. Uh, kind of a short recap. I know we've been doing these recap episodes and some of them have taken like an hour. This one didn't. Uh, that's why we're bringing you another segment on this episode. We have our first team all decade and what we're going to cover today, we have offensive tackle and we have cornerbacks. So let's go ahead and get this one kicked off with our tackles. Uh, this one, this, I'm not going to lie to you guys, hard to pick. Really hard to pick because offensive linemen don't like to play just one position. They like to move around. Um, and not only that, but there's no stats for offensive linemen uh, unless they, like, made a tackle on an interception or something. So uh, no stats to go by. We were just going by watching these guys play. Um, and yeah, so we've, uh, we've got our picks. We've got two of them for each. And I'll let you go ahead and kick this one off, Zach. Yeah, so for my number one, I have a guy who played all over the line, but he he originally was a tackle. He was a ta- uh, 
a tackle, I believe, his first two years. I got Barrett Jones from Alabama. Um, you know, in, 2000, in 2011 and 12, he was a consistent All-American. He won the Outland Trophy in 2011 for the best, you know, uh, lineman in, uh, I guess, the country. And then he also... I guess to add on, even though I guess technically this is for tackles, he did win the Remington Award too. So this just shows you how dominant he was. He was a starter, I believe, all four years at Alabama. I, that's almost impossible to do. I mean, that's insane. This kid can play everywhere. I just think he was one of the most dominant offensive linemen, you know, in this decade. I mean, to play in the SEC and to start as long as he did, that takes some that takes some real talent, man. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead. I also have a tackle from the University of Alabama. And it's it's not it's not the same one that Zach had. Uh, I've got Cam Robinson, and that's because I forgot that uh, I forgot that Barrett Jones played tackle. Whenever I think of him, I think of a center because that's where he was I mean, of course he won the Allen Trophy, so uh, he did get recognized for his uh, for his uh, time playing tackle, but most of the time when I think of him, I think center. But Cam Robinson, just through and through, another four-year guy at Alabama, um, won the Allen Trophy in 16. This is All-American in 2016. Uh, outstanding tackle. Um, the only reason that I had him on here is because I thought of Barrett Jones as a center, so. I don't even know yeah, if we need to vote on this one. I, I, yeah, I might just concede that one to you. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we, we, we'll decide if we'll put that up there for you guys or not. But, you know, moving on to number two, I think me and Brandon are going to have the same one because this dude was a stud. I have Luke Jokel from Texas A&M. Offensive tackle, 39 consecutive starts for A&M. Played in front of Johnny Manziel. Second overall pick by the Jaguars. Uh, consensus All-American did win the Outland Trophy. Plus, he did have a tackle. <laughs> he did have so. a tackle. So did Cam Robinson, by the way. Uh, I meant to mention that. But, yeah, he, I mean, 2012 All-American, 2012 uh, Outland Trophy. I also have Luke Jekyll on here. Uh, another fun fact is that when he had that tackle, Texas A&M was in the Big 12. So he played in two different conferences as well. One team, two conferences. But um, – no, nah, yeah, I mean, we had to go with him, right? Yeah, a thousand percent. This guy's this guy's a stud. So we won't talk about that too much more. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our cornerbacks. Zach and I didn't discuss our cornerbacks at all. You know, beforehand we kind of mentioned that's how that's how Zach knew that we had Luke Jekyll, but uh, just because we had the, we had two guys from SEC, kind of had to figure that I had one. Anyway, um, I'm not sure who Zach has for cornerbacks, so I'll let him kick this one off. Yeah. So for my number one cornerback, I have Morris Claiborne. From LSU. There you go. Sixth overall pick in the 2012 draft from the Cowboys. He had 95 total tackles, 11 interceptions, a touchdown, six pass deflections, a fumble recovery. I mean, and not even to mention, he was a stud kick returner his senior year at LSU. Uh, You know, I don't think that really counts when we're talking about either this, but he was a consensus. So we can do it. Yeah. He was a consensus All-American, Jim Thorpe Award winner, SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2011. I mean, the kid 
has is number one in the SEC in interception return yards for uh, uh, what it, number one in the SEC 2011. He was second in NCAA that year, 11th overall in interception return yards. He was top three in the SEC multiple years in interceptions. Uh, kickoff return touchdowns had those. I mean, the kid has all the stats to back everything up, and in a long line of dominant LSU defensive backs, I think Claiborne stands above the rest. I don't know about the rest of all time with LSU, but yeah, I definitely think that he had Morris Claiborne. Um, I mean, great cornerback. Obviously, I think he's the right pick uh, here. I tried to go the less. Uh, I, I didn't want to be. Um, I didn't want to lean toward LSU at all just because I didn't want to be biased here. So with my number one cornerback of the decade, I've, well, I don't know about number one. He's one of my top two anyway. Uh, I've got a Dory Jackson from USC. Uh, and mainly, mainly because of his, uh, his interceptions, uh, his interception return yards, but his punt and kick returns were incredible as well. So let's talk about his, uh, let's first talk about his interceptions, you know, over his career. He only played three years at USC. He had six total interceptions. Uh, 2016 was a big year for him. I mean, that's the year he won the Thorpe Award. Um, the, I, I believe he also won the Johnny Rogers Award, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He was an All-American. Um, uh, so he had six interceptions that year. And I think that, let's see, you know, five interceptions that year and no touchdowns, no returns there. He did have a fumble recovery as well. Um, let's see. I think he led the Pac-12 in passes defended in 2016. Um, but his kickoff returns, his punt returns, are really what put him over the edge for me. I know this isn't really cornerback, but uh, this not these shouldn't count for cornerback stats. But I'm going to add them in there. Uh, I mean, Charles Woodson did win a Heisman as a defensive player uh, because of his return yards, uh, return touchdowns, everything else. So his kickoff return yards in 2016, he led the Pac-12 um, in his career. He's the 21st uh, best uh, or 21st most scoring returner of all time. Uh, punt returns, I mean, his career, he has four. I mean, that's 25th all time. Uh, he's fourth in the Pac-12 for his all-time punt returns. This guy was just a stud through and through. He was also a first-round draft pick. Um, I mean, this guy. When I thought of defensive players from the 2010s, this I, I couldn't pass him up. So that's why I have him. Yeah, I, I don't mind that pick. I mean, I considered him. He was on like my list of people that I looked at. So I, I just thought he was a better special teams player than he actually was a cornerback. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, <laughs> and, and for my last pick, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, I guess start this one out for my cornerback. I have Jalen Ramsey. I mean, how could I, I do not? too? How could I that, not? That was my second guy. Hit me with a stat, Zach. I mean, dude, he was a tackling machine for a safety. Almost 180 tackle, 181 tackles, 15 and a half for loss, five sacks, three interceptions, 22 pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown, four forced fumbles. Come on, bro. The, the dude was the beast for a, for a cornerback to have those type of stats is just insane right and obviously i mean he doesn't have the awards to show it or anything um i'm not going to say he's an under the radar guy obviously he's not but 
I mean, he was he was just one hell of a cornerback in college, uh, and he, he's continued that on to the NFL as well, which doesn't count toward this, but uh, just his tackles alone are what or what put him on my list. Yeah, that's that's true, and I mean, he was a cornerstone piece to that 2013 national championship team for Florida State, and led freshman. them back to the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. And then led them back to the playoffs the next year uh, where they ended up getting beat by Oregon in the Rose Bowl. But Oregon was really good that year with Marcus Mariota. So let's not hold that totally against them. But it, it was it was a hell of a hell of career for Jalen Ramsey. You don't get drafted top five as a safety for no re- or a cornerback for no reason. That's why I think all these guys were great picks. But yeah, I think J- Jalen Ramsey being unanimous is a must. It had to be. All right, so that is going to end our show today. Um, so, I, Zach, what are our future plans? Do we have any more episodes coming out this week? Or we, yes, we have a recap, we right? have, Yeah, we have a recap coming out Friday, January 3rd. And we have, we have a complete bowl wrap-up. We're going to split them between two episodes next week on Monday and Tuesday. And then the all-important national championship preview will come out later next week to preview the big game coming up on January 13th, which is that next Monday. So we have lots and lots of content coming for you guys. And it won't be our normal preview episode for the national championship. We're going real in depth with this stuff. We're going to have a lot of content for you on that game. Cause I know you guys are ready for that game as much as we are. Right. Exactly. So be on the lookout for uh, more episodes coming out soon, more content uh, announcements. You know, we have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, stuff in the works, stuff we can't announce, but we wish we could. Um, but anyway, uh, just be on the lookout for that. Keep listening. Keep uh, voting on our polls. You know, you can vote on Facebook or Instagram. I think on Facebook, it's it's going to be the underscore Blue Bloods. And then on Instagram, it's also the underscore Blue Bloods. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and also, it's at the Blue Bloods pod on Facebook. Yeah, the Blue Bloods uh, but I think you get it typing in either one. So do both of those. Instagram solely at the underscore Blue Bloods. You guys have been voting. Y'all's, you know, I kind of wish you can cuss. You know, y- y'all have been <laughs> voting really, really hard. Um, and, you know, you guys made some good picks. We're almost done with this all-decade team. We're going to release them all very soon on our social media. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of stuff in the works. We're going to keep this going on the all seasons so don't think just because the national championships on two mondays from now that episodes are going to stop we're still bringing you guys lots of content yep and and like i said we have announcements coming uh we just we need to uh have everything finalized before i can actually officially have released that information to you guys uh but anyway be on the lookout for the new episode coming out i guess it'll be tomorrow so be on the lookout for that and more content's on the way uh but for now, that's a wrap. <laughs>